Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can just peacefully. This was their finest. Welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. So there are some issues, ideas, whatever, assumptions that we have around biology that are so uh, that are so ingrained in us that we don't even realize to question them sometimes. Sure. Um, today's episode is all about one of the biggest ones, the one that's kind of core to our, our current ennui as a society, our culture wars, right? Um, we're taught from a very early age that a baby has a mom and a dad. Um, and this is biologically necessary, right? You got an egg and a sperm. Mm. Um, and this episode, we're going to interrogate that idea a little bit and try to understand... Why is that the case? Is it not the case? Uh, since it's not the case in a lot of animals mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of living things. Yep. And more importantly, how can we revolutionize society by <laughs> ending the tyranny of mom and dad? Wow. Uh, the tyranny. Liberate breeding. Oh, shit. And the act of creation <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> from heteronormativity. Wow. Uh, well, that's good. That's good. I really want to send this episode to Ron DeSantis so we can, like, get this pot cooking. <laughs> you know? Well, a luck- banned in Florida. luckily we have a direct line to him, so yeah. it's nice and easy. That's what you get when you donate <laughs> the Ron DeSantis <laughs> campaign as consistently as one of the duos do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. So, yeah, as Nathan said, this time we're going to dive in to the idea of virgin births or the possibility of having babies with two mommies or two daddies and a surrogate mommy. Oh. All right. Let's get in. So we've talked about Parthenon, but <laughs> why don't you start? <laughs> you don't want to say the word? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, my, my tongue's a little too big for this word. Well, you are correct. We have talked about Parthenogenesis in the past. I'm trying to remember exactly when. It probably came up during some reptile episodes, maybe we were some drunk. fish episodes. It's just like somewhere in there we've talked about We used to drink a lot more during recording. <laughs> that, that's true, actually. <laughs> that is accurate. Um... But basically, there are a number of animals out there that can give birth without there being a fertilization step ahead of time. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like, I feel like a lot like aphids. Like aphids just poop out more aphids, right? I'm, I'm assuming some of them bang every once in a while, but yeah, right. I, I think by and large. They... But that's what's so exciting is they're banging for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, you know, ants, ants are an example, right, of like yeah. where you don't need to have any banging happen. Right. For an egg to get laid and a worker ant to hatch out. Well, also uh, Near Eastern Jews in uh, in like zero BCE. I'm talking about Mary. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a better one because I was like, man, Mary. Anytime Nathan brings up the Jews, <laughs> it's usually you know. There's actually if you drive northbound the four or five, there's a big sign that says like, "Your churches don't need guards. Our synagogues do." Whoa, and it's like it's like end Jewish hate. And wow! It's like, Damn, dude, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. Okay, right, moving on. That's so, great. So Mary had a virgin birth. She's yes. an example of parthenogenesis. She, she's a reptile. Do you think she was inspired? Like her, I mean, because you know she's not real. So do you, do, you, do, you, do you think her narrative was inspired by like reptiles or ants? Do you think like early Christians were like, we need to jazz up this religion? And it saw like an ant queen like poop ants and was like, what if our what if our guy was made that way? I think there's a very very long history yeah. of 
ladies not wanting to explain to their parents where this baby just came from. Right, right, right. I think there's a very long history of that. It's so. nice. It's funny how, like, do you think that worked often? Like, back in Zero, you could be like, Zeus became a swan, and whoopsie-doopsie, there's a baby. Do you think people bought that more often? Well, as of, like, a few years ago, a survey found that 0.5% of human births are virgin births, according to the mothers. <laughs> so, so, even now people are trying the story out okay <laughs> like, that was the reveal i thought was waiting at the entirety of jane the virgin i was waiting till last episode and we just learned who actually you know got her pregnant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. since i was supposed to take that part of the premise seriously <laughs> okay so um as a quick reminder animals are generally what are called diploid, okay? right. which means that we have two copies of our chromosomes, one from mom and one from dad. Right. When it comes to making a baby, you have gametes from mom, the oocytes or the eggs, and you have the gametes from the dad, which are the sperm, right? And then a, an oocyte and a sperm, they come together. Right. And that's when you get the fertilization right. happening. Right, right, They're each only one half of that, of your whole chromosome. Right. It's important because otherwise, nature would be told, whoa, it would be all out of whack. Because then you could just you could just have a guy just the sperm could all just be a thousand people, right? <laughs> It'd be so dangerous. Yes, yes, but like, I mean, in, th- like in Jason and the Golden Fleece. Remember, he like didn't he just like didn't, I mean come I I don't know how to ejaculate didn't he ejaculate in a field and like seven soldiers sprouted out of the earth or something? Oh, that sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway. that's kind of fun. Yeah. Anyway, um. So each of those gametes, the egg and the sperm, they have half the number of chromosomes that we do. So right. they, they are called haploid. Right. And then when they come together, then you have another full diploid set. And then, you know, that goes on to develop into a youngin, right? When you say generally, what animal is haploid forever? Uh, I don't think there's an animal that is always haploid, right. but... In the aforementioned ants, bees, wasps, mm. the queen is diploid, but the workers are haploid. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, That's why they're dumber, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why they're the plebs. Yeah. Um, now, do you think there's like nefarious people in Silicon Valley who are trying to make us haploid? And they're like, we will be the only diploids. No, but but also, I, I, do, I, I, I don't want to cause any kind of erasure. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> diploid is a generalist kind of term for like you have two copies of your chromosomes yeah but there are human beings who are alive and full-blown you know individuals who matter yeah that do not have two copies of every chromosome right oh, right so sure, like sure, so sure, like sure, sure, sure. for trisomy you'll have one right where you have three copies and for some syndromes like turner syndrome and stuff like that you might have different numbers too right but no one who is born is just fully haploid correct right okay, correct yeah, yeah. yes when it comes to parthenogenesis, you can either have haploid or diploid parthenogenesis. Haploid parthenogenesis is like what an ant colony does to mm. make the workers. So that's like a rare case. Most of the time what we're talking about is diploid parthenogenesis. And in that case, the mom makes an egg that instead of having half the number, it has just the full number. Full right. copies of chromosomes. Right. And there's no need for a sperm in that situation. It's got all it needs and it can go on to develop. Okay. And th- that offspring would be a clone of the mother. In the sense that it's got the same genetic material, okay? Mm. So that's pretty cool and all. Uh, there are some animals that can do it and some that can't. Right. Mammals, as a group, cannot do parthenogenesis. No mammals. There's no documented case of mammals undergoing parthenogenesis. Right. They're all hunted to extinction. <laughs> Since we are mammals... In I- the diploid wars. <laughs> Since we're mammal, mammal against oh mammal. <laughs> the Grand Alliance of Diploid Mammals committed genocide on the haploids. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could see like a, a Avatar: The Last Airbender style opening about that. <laughs> it's all fine. It's the diploid struck. Wipe the um, Smoke rises from ice caps. Oh, so so since we are mammals, I think we tend to think of parthenogenesis as like a weird thing, right? Because our situation is the default for us, right? Right, right, right. Um, but given that like. Plenty of species can do parthenogenesis. Yeah. I think the actual question should be, what keeps female mammals from being able to do parthenogenesis? Like, wh- why can't we do it? Yeah. And the answer is something called genomic imprinting. Okay. So I, let's underline this a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's an epigenetic thing. Yeah. It's really weird. 
Yes. So we actually really we, we talked about epigenetics in previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, I think they're called epigenetics, and it's probably a two parter or something. Uh, let me explain this. For some reason, I think in my head, you're like, oh, well, probably the reason you need a little bit from mom, a little bit from dad, is because like then the genes work for some reason, and if it's just all from the mom or hypothetically all from the dad, there's just like the genes wouldn't work. But that doesn't make any sense because obviously the genes work in that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's epigenetic. Yeah. Something weirder. Yeah. So, as a reminder for what epigenetics means, okay, in biology, when we think about things being different from each other, one organism being different from another, we typically think about it as differences in what genes they have or what alleles they have, what copies of a gene that they have in the cell. Like, that's usually how we think about differences between Right. Things. But there's a lot of different types of cells that yeah. look really different, do really different things, like between a neuron... And a sperm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a bad example, though, isn't it, actually? Uh, the sperm's, sperm's a haploid, haploid but, right, but right, like right. Uh, a neuron and a fat cell. Right, right, right. Both have the same genes, presumably, right? Yep. Why are they different? Right, exactly. And the thing that can make cells in your body... Wait, Sean, give time for the audience to answer. Oh, yeah. Think about it! Ding dong, ding dong. You have to answer ding, aloud. Ding, ding. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you're doing I'll right you now. Yell it. Yeah, say it out loud. <laughs> yell it aloud. <laughs> Markers! <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, McDonald's drive through wherever yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the reason why cells in your body, different cells in your body, which means that they all have the same genetic information. The reason why they can be different is because they choose to express different genes at different times. Right. Okay. Which is not crazy. I mean, you can imagine if you had like a bunch of kids in the same library. Well, they don't all know the exact same thing. Sure. They read different books. Yeah. So what genes they turn into mRNA and then into protein. There are different choices happening there. And there's a lot of ways that cells can control what genes are being used at a given time including what are called epigenetic changes. So epigenetic changes are sort of a subset of that. They are changes to how your DNA is read rather than the actual ATCG code of your DNA. Mm. So it's not... A genetic change would be actually changing the letters. Epigenetic changes are like changing which genes can be read at all. So in your library example... A genetic change would be changing what books are in the library. Right. But an epigenetic change would be like closing off a wing of the library or right. something and just saying, you, there are books there, you can't read them. Right, like all the stuff with Michelangelo <laughs> or the stuff about critical race theory. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. We don't, we don't want our kids to turn into perverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't want them looking at <laughs> we David. We just want them dumb. At David. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's how epigenetics works, right? It's not changing the books in the library. It's making it so you can't read certain sections and things like that. So, you know, I, I was joking around with a coworker about the whole Michelangelo and David thing. For, mm-hmm. you, for you folks who don't know, basically there's a big hubbub in Florida, of course, over uh, an art teacher who showed David to some seventh graders because some parents complained it was uh, pornography, a principal resigned, yada, yada. And I was, I was relating this, uh, you know, kind of having a laugh about it. The coke was like, oh, yeah, it's like this one time where the libs uh, tried to, you know, try to take down a cotillion teacher because, uh, because she didn't care about, or because she didn't pay attention to the gendered pairings, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I guess I invited this conversation, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> complain about overactive parents in some ideological realm. Like, I guess, like, I should have seen that that was the theme here, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. this, this conversation didn't code as left, right as I thought it could. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Um, so for some of the genes in your body, they are called imprinted genes. Even though you have two copies of them, one from mom and one from dad, you preferentially use one copy over the other, okay? And that happens from when your parents are making their gametes. So your dad's, he's making those sperms. Yeah. And your mom, she's making those oocytes. Which which you know, sperm production is actually the most energy-intensive part of some men. (laughs) If you did a a heat map of Chuck Norris, you know, it's actually quite blue up here (laughs) and, like, really red down there. And at first it looks like the dick. It's not the dick. If you really look closely, it's the balls. I mean, it's clearly the balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between the dick and the balls on Chuck Norris, it's clearly the balls. It takes a long time, too, because you look at it and you're like, why are there two red orbs by his knees? (laughs) (laughs) They're really hot orbs. They are swinging low, sweet cherry. (laughs) Um, Okay. 
So while they're making up them spermies and everything down yeah. there, right? Basically what they do is there's a lot of epigenetic changes that happen in gametes in general. Cool. Okay. Um, a lot of changes are being made because once those gametes fuse together, once the sperm and the egg come together, <laughs> there's a monster at the door. <laughs> once the gametes come together, that now fertilized egg is going to be developing into an embryo. It's about to need to express a bunch of different proteins and start dividing and developing right, and doing right. all that stuff. So there's a lot of uh, sort of homework, there's a pre-work that happens in the sperm and the egg to set things up nicely. Okay. A lot of those changes are epigenetic, including some epigenetic changes in specific genes that stamp those genes as being from your daddy or from your mommy. Mm -hmm. And so it'll be that same gene region will get methylated or not methylated, depending on if it's uh, a sperm or an egg. Interesting. Uh, is phenylated 100% more potent? <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, that's good. You know, a coworker's close friend died of an overdose recently. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking A. It's an epidemic, dude. Yeah, the problem is that, like, that statement is true, like, all the time to someone out there, right? Like, like no matter oh, what. No! <laughs> like, we live in an apocalyptic yeah. hellhole. Yeah, it's terrible. Because I hear, I had fentanyls even in the food. No, <laughs> I, I like, it's like it's getting laced with all sorts of stuff, right? Like, even cocaine is laced with it, right? Yeah, even yeah, it's cocaine. getting tossed in, like, all kinds of stuff. But also, did you hear about the woman who's, like... Uh, she she's like the head of a um, police union organization in like Northern California. All right, and so she's like in the police union house and stuff like that, right? right. She was importing huge amounts of fentanyl and wow. other drugs, and, wow. and like using the police computers to like place the orders on the dark web and shit. That's so smart. And she was Wait, like no, distributing. That's dumb. It. Is that smart or dumb? I think it's dumb, but also she was like surprisingly successful for it a while. It worked for a while. So she imported like a lot of that. Like fentanyl. a lot of things, it was smart until it's dumb. Yeah. Like. Like some cults and religion. Yeah. Uh, so some people were like, she's just like Walter White. And I'm like, I don't know. She's just like Walter White. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's calm down. <laughs> it would be uncanny if you saw a photo and she looked exactly like Walter White. Well, and you're like, ah, that's what they're saying. I mean, I think that might be where <laughs> She's the, visually like Brian Cranston. That's like where most of the resemblance is, I think. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, fentanyl joke aside, which was excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Um... Uh, in the sperm, there's a stamp that goes down, not on every single gene, okay. but on a few specific regions of chromosomes yeah. that say, this was from dad, and then this, a similar kind of stamping happens in the oocyte, right. saying, this is from mom, and then once you get a fertilized egg in there and an embryo, those marks remain on those chromosomes. So why, why the fuck is that, is that how, why it happens? <laughs> Yeah. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, when did mom and dad, you know, gametes have a chat about who's going to mark what? At what point in the primordial past? Like, that's so strange. That's a that's an excellent question. There's a few different hypotheses as to, like, where this arose. Right. Uh, evolutionarily speaking. Right. Because epigenetic marks on the different gametes is most likely probably not unique to mammals. Right. But in mammals... We're the ones where it's extreme enough that it stops parthenogenesis from happening. Right, sure. Right? There must have been, or most likely has been, an arms race in terms of this kind of epigenetic marking. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so like I said, there's a few different... Like we were all unmarked in like 1945? No, it's earlier than that, but yeah. <laughs> a different um, arms race. There, there's uh, a few different Between hypotheses. Athens and Sparta. One of the hypotheses is called the conflict theory, yeah. which is related to the fact that, well, as we'll see a little bit later, some of these genes that are male marked okay. from the father marked tend to make larger offspring. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and some of the ones that are... Mother marked tend to make smaller offspring. And one set of theories suggests that that's because it would make childbirth easier and less likely to inflict any kind of harm on the mother. Like, so she's marking her genes a certain way. So almost like the different genders are at war is the conflict here. Yeah, basically. Or huh. the, the genes related to those... Uh, evolutionary push is not exactly the same between the two because the mother's the one that actually needs to carry the pregnancy and give birth to the baby, right? right? That, like, 
the father wants to increase the chance that the baby survives, so okay. it wants a bigger baby. Right. But the mother wants to increase the chance that she survives, so she right. wants a smaller baby that can get out easy. So you could measure our relative marking by about three inches in height. You're about three inches <laughs> more marked by the father. Yeah, than I am. We, I'm, I'm more daddy marked. This feels very um, Old Testament to me. I don't like this. It's well, very, I don't know. It's just weird to say like oh, uh, the mocking the of the father. Between, oh yes, yes, yes. The yes, mocking yes. of the mother. It's all very Cain and Abel-y to me. I don't like it. I take it up with biology, dude, because it's imprinted in there. It is interesting how the more we talk about the science, the more it's like Christianity. <laughs> it always kind of circles back, you know, wow. doesn't it? Wow, that's beautiful. With these primordial questions and mysteries. <laughs> that's great. So, so we're all just getting fun. Functionally, functionally, what this imprinting means is it, it's not just having a little flag on there that says mom or dad. Yeah. It actually makes it so that one copy either the mom copy or the dad copy, does not get used as often That's in our bodies. But it does sometimes still, huh? Yeah, so it will vary by organ, and it'll vary by time. Yeah. Okay? And so, like, if you took a fertilized egg, and you erased all of its imprinting, so you removed any of the flags that said mom or dad. Yeah. And then you implanted that into a mother, yeah. a female mammal, uh, that embryo would start developing, but pretty quickly would not be able to continue. Hmm. The wrong it, genes would be it, getting expressed at different points of its development. Yeah, and different amounts of them. Right. And that is enough for that to fail to continue. Right, and two sperms, man, right out the door. <laughs> so it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And so if, if you took sperm and eggs, removed imprinting from the sperm, but kept it on the eggs and mixed them, yeah, still wouldn't work. Okay. And if you did vice versa, still wouldn't work. So you, you, need, you need both sets. How do you remove imprinting? Yeah, so... In the experiments that are coming up, yeah. one of the main ways to remove imprinting is to delete the spot of the chromosome where the imprinting would happen. So that also seems problematic. It can be. Beyond just imprinting. It can be. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are so other ways. So you can't ways. just get rid of the imprinting. You have to excise the imprinted gene altogether. So a lot of times imprinting does not necessarily happen directly on a gene. Okay. It'll happen to... A part of the DNA nearby the gene. Interesting. That doesn't directly code for the gene. Some of those exons or introns or something, or no, yeah. no shit yes. really there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Those do are valuable. Yes. It's like people are always like, why is there so much useless genes? And it's like, why is there so much empty space in your fucking house? Okay, you fucking breathe. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's got to be all crammed up. Like you're a fucking hoarder. You know? Wow. <laughs> it just makes me so mad. You're a fucking genius. <laughs> so good. Um, all right. So you need imprinting from both your mom and your dad. Um, and yeah, so there are technically some chemicals that can change how certain genes function. And that can make it so that you can change imprinting a little bit. Yeah. But it's not, we don't have it super fine tuned yet. It yeah. sounds very complicated. I gotta give you credit. Like, yeah, I, I feel like from a distance, you're like, ah, the the genes, there's only four letters, mm -hmm, you know, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sure, you read it, like, whatever, we're gonna code stuff. But, you know, the more you get into the weeds of it, the more it's like, I don't know how anyone figures it Not enough figures it out, I guess, but, like, if I worked on the Human Genome Project, I'd just give up at a certain point, because I'd be like, fuck, there's a lot of this shit. It is impressively complicated. Yeah. And I do think the... I guess it's the product of, like, literally billions of years of evolution, right? I mean... Yeah, it, its existence is the product of all that evolution, but our understanding it is also the product of... A few very, very intelligent racists it's, in the 40s. It, it's like a lot of people building on knowledge from other people and experiments right. from other people. This and is so why like, we got to fund the sciences. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a very early experiment related to this in the 80s. That's about as early as one of these kinds of experiments went. Right. And in the 80s, what they found was basically if you tried to not have imprinting on there by using the wrong kind of nucleus, basically. Mm. So a nucleus from one of your other cells that's like, it's changed its own epigenetics enough that the imprinting signal is kind of jumbled. Mm -hmm. So if you like pop one of those into the shell of an egg, just like the empty cell membrane of an egg, yeah, and then tried to implant that into a mouse, that shit just fucking did not work. Mm. And so they're like, okay, so there's something there's something encoded in there, but like we don't really super know what. And then there was a bunch of experiments after that, doing all kinds of crazy shit. And then now now we're here. Now yeah, we're here yeah. trying to make a mouse with two mommies or a mouse with two daddies. Okay, well that kind of 
lead, let's take a break. Yep. Because when we're gonna come back, we're gonna talk about that. Oh. Yeah, so let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna... Oh my gosh. <laughs> let's just keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we are gonna take that fucking break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's take a break. Yep. And then let's talk about a mouse with two mommies. Yes. I'm a man, so I can't make women's milk. All my nipples make are milkis. out of his nipples. Mickey's made of real man's milk. All right. Wow. Oof, man. Restful. Restful break. <laughs> so beautiful. All right. So um, <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, I mean, okay. So imprinting is the thing that... Uh, basically makes it so that for mammals, we can't have parthenogenesis. Right. right. But also that makes us the best life. Whoa. Because <laughs> wow, we're so complicated. This guy's coming in hot. Yeah. Um, so, we're so, so neurotic genetically. But we also said that imprinting happens in like, you know, a bunch of different genes or places in your genome. Which imprinting is actually responsible? Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So the notion here is that not all imprinting... Right. It's not like if you imprint one gene, it's all over. Right. There's specific things that are being imprinted. Yes. We could, okay, 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 okay. Yes. So here, okay, well, so, keep going. A series of experiments in a few different labs 20 years ago or so found that there are a few different... Of that was these, like 2019, right? Uh, I'm talking like the year 2000. Ah, I was thinking emotionally 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> just feel yeah. that way a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this experiment 20 years ago, they found that there were a few different regions in the genome of uh, mouse sperm and mouse eggs called methylation regions. Okay. And they found that they differed in terms of their epigenetics between right. the sperm and the eggs, specifically on chromosomes 7, 9, and 12. I'm sad that I used a meth joke earlier because methylation regions... Sounds a lot like, uh, I don't know, like all of Kansas, right? <laughs> just giant. It's like on a map, you could just say methylated regions. <laughs> You're like, don't go there. That's a methylated region. Yeah, there'd be dragons. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. The <laughs> just like this toothless crack of like, yeah. It's like the entire panhandle of Florida. <laughs> There'll be honkies. <laughs> don't go to Tallahassee. That's a methylated region. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, man. Okay. So, scientists made some female mice that were missing this little methylation region in chromosome 7. Okay. On one copy of that chromosome. How did they decide that chromosome, out of curiosity? Yeah, so basically there were three options. Okay. And they picked two of them. So they noticed that 7, 9, and 12, I guess I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but they noticed certain chromosomes were methylated at all. And yeah. they were doing experiments, so they're like, well, let's try it. They, right? they, they saw certain regions on chromosomes were consistently coming up different between sperm and eggs. I see. Okay. And so they were like, okay, All right. these are spots we want to target. So we're going to delete a chunk of chromosome 7 from the female mice, and we're going to delete a chunk of chromosome 12 from the male mice. Okay. But we're going to keep them heterozygous. And heterozygous means since we're diploid, we have two copies of our chromosomes, right? You know what I hear when I hear male mice? What? Hey, these little critters that deliver the mail. <laughs> that like walk on two legs. That is very cute. That is that is sadly very cute. Your mail's here. <laughs> oh, hello, Miss Johnson. Here's your mail. Oh, that's and adorable. Then, and the husband comes and like, you've been fucking the mice man. Fucking the mail mice. Yes. Yes. He <laughs> had it coming. <laughs> We're doing Chicago now. Okay. okay. Holy okay. shit. Um, <laughs> the most likely place where people fuck male mice. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones. All right. Okay. So, um, being heterozygous means that one copy for a gene or for a chromosome region is different than the other copy. Because right. you carry two copies right, right, in your right. normal cells. Okay, so being heterozygous means that they're different from each other. In this specific case, it means that in every cell of these mice, one chunk of chromosome 7 was missing, but on the other chromosome 7, it was whole. Okay. Okay. 
So that meant that these mice were more or less normal, which is good because they needed to become adults so that they could fuck each other, right. so that they could have babies, and those babies would be the ones that would theoretically be jacked up. Okay, oh, because they're missing parts of their chromosomes. So, they mated these male mice missing a chunk of chromosome 12, with these female mice missing a chunk of chromosome 7, and they got these fertilized eggs that are heterozygous for both of those two missing chunks. Okay, okay. Then... They took those fertilized offspring eggs, took out their nucleus, and shoved it into a normal egg that had its nucleus removed. Okay. This is something called uh, nuclear transfer. Right. Because the nucleus, nuclear, is being transferred into another cell. Right. This is how we did cloning shit for, like, Dolly the sheep. Remind me why we need to do nuclear transfer here. Yeah, yeah. So, the reason why is within the uh, oocyte, so the egg. Yeah. There's the nucleus, but then there's all the rest of the cytoplasm, all okay. the rest of that jelly in there yeah. with a bunch of proteins and RNA and all kinds of shit that's like really nicely set up and ready to go in terms of being able to develop into an embryo. Okay. And so what they were worried about and what they actually saw was in these fertilized offspring eggs that they had genetically jacked up, mm -hmm. these guys were not ready for prime time. Right. Like, all the All the extra goop. Yeah. Was also fucked up. Yes. Okay. So they were like, okay, then we need some fresh goop from a regular egg. Right. So we're going to pop the nucleus out of our guys and stick them into regular eggs. Crazy. And that way their goop is going to be all good and we can we can go ahead and implant these into some female mice and see if we can get some babies out of it. Mm -hmm. So they then did, uh, basically they used those cells and they fused them together with fully developed regular eggs as well. Okay. So that fusion process is kind of like fusing a sperm and an egg together. Oh, all right. And then at that point, that little proto-embryo guy, that's got a full set of genes, and the embryos were able to develop into living mice that survived into adulthood. Okay. And what that overall says is that imprinting on chromosomes 7 and 12 from in the female and male parents are the major factors preventing birth from two moms... Which is basically what they ultimately ended up doing here. Right, sure. And uh, a similar kind of experiment using cells from the same mom resulted in parthenogenesis. They, they were able to create an egg that was from that same mom. So why is it that all the goops messed up such that the embryo wouldn't develop, but you could do parthenogenesis? Yeah, yeah. So they basically had to cause the mutations in the individual egg mm. and then mix it with a non-mutated egg. Okay. Rather than the previous way that they did it. Right, right, right. But the previous way that they did it, they had to make a whole mouse that was heterozygous and it had to be like a whole lineage of fucking mice that were like mutated this way. Right. But you can cause mutations in individual cells. You just have to work at it really hard. Yeah, okay. So using a kind of newer technology, they were able to cause those changes to happen. All right. In the individual eggs. So you can do parthenogenesis. It is tougher to do, but they, they did parthenogenesis as well. Okay, that's cool. So, we have our two-mom situation, and we have a one-mom situation. Right. But we haven't talked about, like, a two-dad situation. Well, a real quick step back. Yeah. We're always trying to make things practical on this pod. Yeah. Can we do this with people? Yeah, so um, I think we can have a longer discussion about that after the two-dad thing. But broadly speaking, right now, no. Okay. No, and the reason why is that the success rate is pretty shitty. Yeah. And it would just be a remarkable waste of time and human resources to have a success rate that poor. So you could do it if you tried a thousand times. Yeah. But that would suck. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's interesting. Like, in vitro fertilization already has, like, a tough enough success right. rate. Right. Without having to do genetic manipulations yeah. and toss in nuclei into another egg you know like this like all kinds right, of stuff sure. going on there. that's interesting okay okay uh, well, anyway okay yes. cool so let's take a quick break and when we come back let's round it out by talking about how we can do a two daddy situation right the following is an actual advertisement that's it watson we're not part of this family anymore we're leaving this place and we're going to the moon but it's so far and dangerous do we really have to go we we're going to meet the rabbits on the moon! It is commonly known in all of Korea that upon the moon are a pair of rabbits who make rice cakes for the Harvest Moon celebration. Minji, 
a young girl upset with her family, resolves to leave Earth with her pet dog Watson to join the bunnies amidst the stars. A whimsical riff on Korean folklore and the gentle journey of a young girl through her own feelings, across the galaxy to the moon, is a beautifully illustrated and warmly told story by Natalie Song Allen. Across the Galaxy to the Moon is a precious addition to any children's bookshop. Available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and anywhere else books are sold online. Okay, so we're back from a break. This is the hot stuff, right? We've imagined a world we could have all female mice. Yeah, yeah. But what we really want are all male mice. <laughs> So we could just like hang out. That's the dream. Right? Just like That's throw out as yeah. mice. It would be beautiful. So right. just um, watch Star Trek, only the original series because we're men. So just to be clear, this particular situation would be having two male mice that contribute the genetic information mm. and then one female mice to actually be a surrogate for the pregnancy. All right. right? Because you still need everything that the female mice is bringing in terms of a uterus and all that kind of stuff. Right. So this is a more complicated situation than having two moms. In parthenogenesis, uh, especially in animals with an XY chromosome situation, the offspring are all female because there is not any sperm around to toss in a Y chromosome. Mm. Okay, So how can you make oocytes from genetic material that comes from a dad? Because some of the time you're going to have this XY situation. Like, what are you going to be able to do here? So what you can basically do is nuclear transfer again. So you take an emptied out egg yeah, with all that good jelly in there and you take a sperm nucleus and you toss it in there, okay? The unusual thing about that resulting cell is that externally it looks like a haploid oocyte. Okay. Um, kind of like what you'd find in uh, a lot of female mammals. But internally it has the genetic material of a sperm. So some of them have an X chromosome and some of them have a Y chromosome. The oocytes with a Y chromosome do not pan out. They really don't know what to do with themselves. Okay. The Y chromosome does not have all the genes on it that the X chromosome does. Right. It's missing and, like a whole thing. And some of those are useful. Yeah. So so it just, it does not pan out. This kind of does, why? Why do we have such a shitty chromosome? Yeah, that's a, that's also an interesting question. I mean, that's like, that's like one of those questions like that people say at AA meetings or something or like at interventions that's just, it hurts too much, right? Like the truth is too searing, which is that we're worse. Yeah, well, the, there are species of animals that are XO instead of XY. Interesting. Which means that they do not have a Y chromosome. And some thought is that they evolved to lose their Y chromosome. Interesting. Because even in humans, over evolutionary time, or in primates, let's say, over evolutionary time, the Y chromosome has gotten smaller and smaller over time. Right. It's degenerate. This so. is kind of like the famous thing that, like... 70s really radical feminists would talk about and like right-wing guys talk about now which is like the y chromosome is getting evolved out man you know yeah gotta... yeah but it's fun it's fun i like it <laughs> we gotta fight back man I mean, there's nothing we can fucking do about it <laughs> yeah. but whatever and i the... mean well and i don't mind yeah yeah but like i well, like my little guy eventually the gene responsible for uh sex determination right. on the y chromosome will just hop onto the x or something right and then that will become the new quote-unquote Y chromosome. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that'll be fun. That'll happen eventually. But anyway, in any case... Um, y does not pan out. Yeah. So, once they have these sperm-egg haploid hybrid cell things, which they called androgenetic haploid embryonic stem cells, they deleted seven regions that normally get imprinted. So, unlike the last experiment with trying to make a mouse from two moms, in this case, we have to get rid of more imprinted spots. That's interesting. To make this work out in a viable way. Any reason for that? Uh, yeah, it's because a lot of the other imprinted information, a lot of the other epigenetic changes are still very sperm-like in that nucleus. And you're already going to be coming in with a regular sperm on the other side. Okay. You need this, you need to change this to be as egg-like as possible. Right. All right. But it's already spent all this time being a sperm, having a good time, living that bachelor lifestyle, yeah. right? So... You have to delete seven regions to be able to, like, really tilt it in the right direction. Wow, this is starting to sound almost as hard as sex for me. <laughs> Peepee no work. That's tough. It's not quite there yet. <laughs> um, so they, they deleted these seven regions, and then they took those cells, which are now, like, fake egg cells, and they mixed them with sperm from another daddy mouse. 
these fertilized cells could then be implanted. Wow, all right. But they did not result in a successful live birth because the placenta was not developing correctly. God's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like... He's like, I'm not going to give you a placenta. <laughs> yeah, okay? he's so, like, if you guys want to do it, just obey me. You need to try a lot harder. <laughs> so, no placenta. That's a bummer. What they did to try to get around that is something called tetraploid complementation, <laughs> which is complicated. Yeah. Basically, what happened is they took some of these cells together and they basically fused them together. They wow. made, they forced them to merge together Jesus. until they had four copies of each chromosome. Wow. So, way more than normal. Wow. And one thing about these tetraploid, uh, they're technically, they result in what's called a teratoma. That's cool sounding. I think I've heard of that before. We've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah. Teratomas, when they form as a sort of cancer type thing, right? Uh, they're terrifying. Right. Because... This is also terrifying. Yes, yes. But, <laughs> but they, they are a kind of cancer where the cancer cells themselves can... They have the potential to turn into almost any other kind of cell. That's cool. So when you cut open a tumor that's a teratoma, you will sometimes find a tooth, hair, right. skin, a bit of liver. Right. Like you, you can find all kinds of weird shit in there. It'll actually talk to you back and be like, start the reactor. <laughs> Get on me. <laughs> um, so, so that's freaky. Yeah. Uh, Has it ever just been like lips? And he goes, hey, hey, babe. I think there's some gnarly pictures of teratomas out there. Yeah, anyway, oh uh, but the point is that once you make this tetraploid cell, something about it having four copies and being able to be a teratoma also means that it has the potential to form all the different kinds of cells, including a placenta. Yeah. So basically, this is like a way of getting a fake placenta. Mm. And then you stick one of your normal, or quote-unquote normal, fertilized guys. One of the fertilized cells from the two dads mm. situation. You stick that guy in there. So now it's got like a nice little neighborhood of placenta teratoma shit. Yeah. And that can develop properly. I'm thinking about like, um, like a short story or some sort of thing about, it's called teratoma. I think it's about a cancer doctor who's a serial killer, I think. Okay. Something like that. And I think you start on a ter he's he he's cut out cuts open a teratoma, there's like a tooth in there or something kinda gnarly. And I'm I'm think I I haven't figured it out yet. I think at the end he is ripping himself open and there's a teratoma and he and he, and he cuts that open and there's like a I don't know, like something really gnarly, like an Whoa. eyeball, and he fucking dies. Oh I don't my know, I god, that, that I sounds this, cool. I, but uh, there's like from A to B, man. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what 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 intermediary. No, that's there. how that's how all the good stories are. Is you start at the end, you work backwards. Yeah, okay, right. I've learned Benjamin that from Bund. from murder mysteries. Yeah, <laughs> and and from Bad Pit. Columbo. Um. Okay. Wait, no, you start at the very beginning in Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So doing all of this crazy shit, uh, tetraploid complementation, sticking the diploid androgenetic embryonic stem cell into that, and then putting that into a surrogate mother, that had a successful birth rate of 2.5%. Yeah. Okay? And of those mice that survived birth, they typically survived for an additional 48 hours before dying. Mm. So none of them survived to adulthood. But this is about the furthest that people ever got. So successfully, there was live birth of mice from two fathers. And that paper came out earlier this year in 2023 okay these experiments this set of experiments one could look at all this and be like this is very frankenstein -y shit like why are we doing this it's to better understand the nature of imprinting it is clearly very complex and it is through the course of this experiment that they figured out oh we needed to delete seven regions because right. they started out with fewer than seven regions and they're like oh this shit does not work at all right kept not working right so they had to do more and then they figured out okay seven is like the minimum to get this to work a little bit. Wow. But it's still not that good, right? So, that is the impetus for this, is to, is to try to understand the imprinting process itself. Um, there were interesting results, like the mice that were born from two dads were larger than the mice that were born from two moms, mm -hmm. uh, which were smaller than the mice that were born from a mom and a dad, which okay. is in the middle, okay? okay? Which does suggest that maybe there's some of this conflict theory happening. Right. That, like, indeed, having two full sets of the genes from dad do result in larger offspring. Why did they die within a certain time period? 
Like, you do an autopsy, what's going on? Yeah, so they did do an autopsy, and I don't remember all of the results, but basically there were some uh, developmental abnormalities. Like, clearly, some of the imprinting that they didn't get rid of, that they didn't delete, caused certain organs here and there to have some developmental issues. Interesting. And actually, when they deleted six regions, they had mice that were born, but they were, like, inflated. They were, like, they were, like, uh, God... They were like extra juicy. They, they had like more liquid inside of them. Wow. Um, and they, they did not survive, but like clearly, and just changing that one region to, to a deletion reversed that issue. Hmm. So like clearly each one of these regions is like causing some serious shit to go down. Amazing. So they need to fine tune which ones are, you know, doing right. what. So just say one more time, like what, why, what is the purpose of experiments like this? Yeah. So in this case, they are trying to experimentally understand how imprinting works and which imprinting regions are responsible for what. Because we don't have a very good conceptual framework for how, uh, what are like some limited number of these imprinted methylation sites are causing what are pretty big differences in outcome Hmm. in terms of pregnancy and everything. So I think in that sense, it is basic science. They are just trying to understand a system better. Right. right? Well, Well, now that you've said that, can I tell the audience the real reason? Yes. Elon. Oh, shit. He's sick of Grimes. What? He's sick of breeding with women. Oh, my God. He wants little Elon. And here's the crazy thing. Already exists. What? There's whole graveyards in the Suriname coast of just like little, little Elons Elons that only survive 48 hours. (laughs) But he's finally got one. He's three years old. His name is Chris. What? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. You heard it here first, people. I am unsurprised that Elon Musk has been fucking himself. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that yeah, to me yeah. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think there is always a drive, in my mind at least, and I think in a lot of people, to figure out some kind of direct human application of pretty much any big right. scientific Right, it's, it's almost our bias when it yeah. comes to this pod or something, yeah. right? Yeah, so like we, you know... I, well, you could have a... I mean, even the framing of the episode's title. You could have a baby with two daddies. Yeah, I think it is a good question as to whether this kind of work has ethical applications in humans. Right. Uh, for example, making it possible for infertile people to be able to have children that share their genetic information. Right. For example, people with Turner syndrome are often infertile and cannot have children. But that's a, you know, in the scheme of all of this work, a relatively minor hurdle to get over. Right. Um, the much bigger hurdles are just sort of the fundamental hurdles of right now the success rate is terrible. Right. And the children don't survive. It's really only worth doing if you're Elon. Because that, I mean, this doesn't stop you at all. <laughs> Can you imagine just like an inflated Elon? It, it brings him no pause. That is true. That is true. What's really uh, strange is that we've actually seen some of these Elons. He trades out. Like really? His, yeah, like he uploads his consciousness via Neuralink oh, to different cloned Elons. That's why he has that's hair That's why he looks the way he does. That's why he has this, hair. This is making a lot of sense to me. But they mess up the markers, right? <laughs> yes. And so that's why he's also a little bloated. It's, it's, yeah, he's a multiplicity clone, so he just keeps getting worse and worse. He's certainly a teratoma. Yeah, if you cut open an Elon. There's like bits of hair. Like I mean, this, this also helps explain how like he is he is like clearly dumber. He's progressively gone crazier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's like clearly dumber. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't want to. Each upload, you lose a little bit of bites. I I don't want to uh, get in, sued in, in England. In, no, no, no. In, 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 in the process, in the process of making that joke, I I don't want to throw away the reality, which is he's always been dumb. <laughs> just to be clear. Well, I, I like to think we fetishize businessmen. Rather, I'd like to think he's always been good at something, right? Like what? I don't know. Like, he's a nepo baby. I don't know. Like having uh, having PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> he's great at having PayPal. Yeah, but he didn't even create PayPal. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Well, he matter. certainly he certainly was good at. Throwing his money at fun stuff instead of just evil stuff, right? Because I feel, yeah, I mean, does, 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 I, 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 I don't want to be, I'm in this weird place where I'm not trying to give anyone credit or anything. It's just like, you know, I mean, it's probably useful they threw a bunch of money into an electric car, car company. And that's not to glorify him because I know well, he sure, didn't make sure, it, sure, sure, but, you know. I mean, I will say there are many, many, many dumb rich assholes. Yeah. And many of those dumb rich assholes do things that are like abjectly terrible. They just own like football clubs. You know what I mean? Like, well, like sure. And then there's also like Putin. So like, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. clearly there's an entire spectrum. Yeah. And Elon Musk has done some things that are not the worst thing you can do with your money. Right, right, right. And, but he is also a dumb asshole. So yeah, like, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad we talked about like Elon. Edison. Yeah. Yeah. Like Edison. Like Edison. Um, 
Edison was pretty smart. It in is some funny ways too, right? because because Elon's got Tesla, but he's clearly more like Edison. Yeah, yeah, that um, is funny. So you can't call it Edison because Edison won, so there's already an Edison. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, I do think um, it, it is generally an interesting question. How many uh, elephants do you think Elon Musk has electrocuted? <laughs> Just for fun, too. It's not even an experiment. It's not even an experiment about DC current or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it would be really funny if you thought it was. He's like, this proves something about current. Or like, about Teslas. It's like, oh, the Tesla, you can get the electricity back out. You can kill like seven elephants. Yeah. It's just these people in the grove, like, with, with their hands over their mouths. Uh, all right. Caruso's clapping. Yeah, He's like, clap, people, yeah, clap. God. Like that Car- Simpsons meme. Yes. He's like, yes. clap. Car- Caruso would. Um, so, yeah, I think generally speaking, I think there are legitimate ethical questions involved here. And it could end up being that this is this is a, a thing that could be very fulfilling for some people in the future. One thing that's definitely the case is it is not ready for prime time in humans right, right now. Right, sure. Because, first of all, the babies don't live. And second of all, they're all jacked up. And it's a 2.5% success rate right. even for that result. So, right. So they need to figure out a bunch of other stuff. But someday, someday, it is entirely likely that we will actually have to address this question of, is this a good idea or not in humans? Right. And some people are going to have to talk about that shit. It's going to be complicated, man. It'll go up straight, not to the Supreme Court, but to one guy in Texas. (laughs) 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 Who will be like, haploids have rights too. (laughs) He'll be like, haploid is not a scientific term. Wow. The the term is uh, half genetic human (laughs) with full rights. What an asshole. Yeah, seriously. I'm surprised he hasn't somehow found a suit that he can validate that's like, all science is against God's creation. (laughs) (laughs) Science is a bitch sometimes. Yeah. Okay. All right, everybody. Well, thank look, you for joining us. Yeah, let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Uh, I officially deleted our Twitter. Oh, there you go. Because it was too much. I couldn't take it anymore. You know, just being on Twitter? The point where Twitter stopped uh, doing anything about Chinese and Russian state-sponsored news, oh, yeah. but then labeled NPR as state-sponsored news, right, right. was the point where I was like, I give up. Like, yeah, what? Yeah. what is the fucking point of being on this platform? So, it is kind of funny, isn't I, it? I deleted her Twitter. Okay. Um, but we do have an Instagram account, which is Petri Dish Pod. Yeah. We have a Gmail address, PetriDishPod at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll stay on those. Yeah. For some amount of time. Sometime. Before all of social media just caves into the abyss. Sean has a mailing address. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Send money and we'll tell you. Wow. <laughs> it's also where he lives. That's great. And okay. we have a we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Petri Dish. Mm. Alright everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.